So actually, the first part of disciplining, correcting, instructing children is to discipline ourselves. Right. And, and I find my parenting is most effective when I'm consciously thinking, I am under the Lord's yes. discipline and under his correction. And I need to go about this the way he says to go about it so that I can be an instrument of God's grace in the life, the heart of this child. You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles, and we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Grun, and I'm one of the pastors at Emmaus Road Church, joined again with my friends Caleb Durenberger and Ryan Chase, pastoral resident and pastor at Emmaus. Uh, and it's just good to be back. It's good to be back with you guys to, to just chat. Have a, have a chit-chat with some coffee, some water. I'm running out of coffee. Oh, man. Well, we got to fix that, man. If we were at my house... I would have made you some coffee. Thank you. But then we'd have to put up with Appreciate Ted. that thought. So we're not there, which we is great. We're not there. Uh, but this morning, we're going we're gonna to jump into our, uh, reiterate our listeners' question. Uh, recently, I'd posted back on Realm of opening that back up. And lo and behold, we got a bunch. Look what you get. Um, uh, Careful what you ask for. Exactly. So this one uh, is, uh, we'll see what, what comes from this episode. <laughs> this one, this listener said, uh, he, this is what, what he said. I would love an episode on spanking children. Does the Bible mandate it? Is the rod figurative or literal in the Proverbs verses? And I think we're going to use that question and not just talk about spanking, but probably more kind of open the lens a little bit and more broadly talk about uh, discipline, discipline particularly in our parenting. And I think we have to start this <laughs> this conversation by recognizing and just admitting uh, no matter what we say here, uh, all three of us, I, and I think I can speak for all three of us, we are not perfect at it. Um, you know, we have, I have categories in my head that, and plans for disciplining my children that can be well spelled out on a podcast, but then, you know, all best plans never survive enemy contact. And as soon as you get into the fray of the warfare that is raising your children. Is it Mike uh, Tyson? Everybody's got a plan to get to punched, get punched in, in the face. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And sometimes when you're raising boys, that's how it goes. Yeah, everybody has a good plan until one of them wheels off and hits you or hits somebody else. And so I just want to make that very clear off the jump that we are not here from on high in this perfect, everybody just do what we do. And more just want to join with you in this. Yeah, and I would add to that, the way I think about this, we are all held to a standard. Hmm. So we can take a question like that. If it was all up to us or we were the authority, then it would be a matter of, you know, well, do you do this perfectly or not? Right. But because we have God's word right. as a perfect and reliable and authoritative revelation for us of God's wisdom and truth and goodness, we can go to his word and we can see, this is what God teaches us, how we should parent. And then we can see, oh, I, I fall short of that. Yes. So actually, the first part of disciplining, correcting, instructing children is to discipline ourselves. Right. And, and I find my 
parenting is most effective when I'm consciously thinking I am under the Lord's yes. discipline and under his correction. And I need to go about this the way he says to go about it so that I can be an instrument of God's grace in the life, the heart of this child. If I don't <laughs> control my emotions, my temper, my response, and I'm saying to a child, you're in sin, yeah. <laughs> while I myself am in sin, yes. then my actions, my sinful response to their sin is just counteracting whatever godly correction I'm trying to give. Yes. Um, and, and they're going to pick up more from my response and my behavior than from the, you know, the Bible verses I'm trying to quote at them in, through my you know, clenched teeth or whatever. Right. <laughs> right. So it, it, it starts with us, absolutely. And, and it's exactly right. that Everything we're about to think through and discuss, and it, it really does apply to each of us in the first case, um, which is humbling. And, uh, and not, the point is also not to lay on guilt or, you know, to, to bury ourselves in, oh man, we're just so terrible at this, but rather to, to look to the objective work of Christ and the objective word of Christ and say, by God's grace, we can, we can do this. Um, mm-hmm. And starting again today, his mercies are new again today that we can, we can, we can do it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. A powerful thing to do as a parent, because it, it could be you know, parents listening to this have kids who are older and they think, well, we, we didn't do it that way. We didn't practice that. We didn't know this. We didn't mm-hmm. know that God's word taught that, um, which could be discouraging. I, I think because of Christ, there's always hope. And the right thing to do anytime we realize in our parenting that we are off, that we've been failing, that we've been sinning, that we've been neglecting to do something God says, is to immediately just go to your kids and confess that. I see in God's word that I should be doing this and I haven't been, and that's wrong, and I've confessed that to God, and I know that he's forgiven me, and now I'm confessing to you and asking you to forgive me. That That's a, a powerful mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. It's never too late to confess to your children where you have failed to obey God, where you have sinned against them. Yeah. And and that is always the, the way that you begin to course correct repentance, right. confessing that sin before God and calling it what it is. I mean, that, that's, that's vital. And I think this is, we were talking before, you know, this is most directly applicable to parents who are in the middle of raising children, disciplining and instructing children. But it's really relevant to everybody because mm-hmm. we live in community where kids mm-hmm. are being raised. And so um, cultivating the kind of culture where children are being raised in, in the nurture and the admonition uh, in Ephesians 6, Paul uses the word paideia, which means uh, my favorite kind of translation of that word is enculturation. It really referred to the process in ancient Greece. Paideia was the whole process of enculturating a child into a fully developed participant in society. And so everybody in the church is part of creating this culture and environment where kids can be enculturated into the ways of God. Right. Yeah. So let's just start maybe jumping back what you just said there, Ryan, but let's just start with that, this category of of discipline. Um, What is it? What's its purpose? Um, What's its goals? Uh, I think we just start there before we get to the methods and the the how to's and the what do you do and what do you do and you know how should we? I think we need to just first start with that that broad category of of discipline. What 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 is it and what's its goal? And Ryan, you just quoted uh, Ephesians six four, but that whole first four verses of Ephesians six. Uh, one through four, children, so commands from Paul, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. 
honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you should live long in the land. And then verse four, fathers, that's probably something we should talk about. Do not provoke your children to anger, but the converse, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so he, that's where a lot of this kind of falls back to. Now, the, the listener referenced some Proverbs passages. We can get to that in a minute, but let, I think this is where we should start. Um, so what do we learn? I'm, Ryan, you mentioned that word discipline, paideia, um, but what else is in, in that passage that we yeah. should unpack? It, it's not hard to see the connection between the word discipline and the word discipleship, right? and that's important to hold in mind that the aim of discipline is discipleship. That's really what we're talking about, discipling children. Uh, we tend to think of discipline primarily as consequences, punishment. Discipline is not punishment. It's correction and mm-hmm. it's instruction. Yeah. And Proverbs tells us folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction drives it far from him. So the aim is to rescue children. Uh, I think that's a helpful way to think about discipline is a, a rescue mission. Proverbs 23 says, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. You know, living in our own folly and our sin is a path toward destruction and that will kill you. Mm. And so really we, because we love our children, we want to rescue them from that way and bring needed correction to tell them, don't go that way, go this way. This Mm. is the way of death. This is the way of life. Mm-hmm. So it, it is fundamentally about correction and instruction. And that word correction just reminds us, we discipline our kids because there is hope. Mm-hmm. Not because it's hopeless, but because God is gracious mm-hmm. and he's merciful and he loves to teach foolish people his wise and good ways. And so that's that's really what it's about. Not punishment. I, I think um, you know punishment is what the judge hands down at sentencing, when the trial's over, here's the punishment that fits the crime, um, yeah, a fine or a jail sentence or the death penalty or whatever. Uh, what God does to the wicked on the day of judgment is not what we're doing when we discipline our children. Right. <laughs> we're not handing down, it's the difference this be- is the sentence. It's the difference between how we... So do we relate to our children like judge to criminals right. or to father from father to sons? Mm-hmm. Um, Teaching, um, instructing. And exactly. And those words... And the, another, that second word, the instruction, that Greek word is also used in... Titus 3, as for a person who stirs up division after warning him. So uh, that's another uh, synonym or another uh, word that could be used here is this, to give flavor to what what are we supposed to do with our children? We're supposed to discipline, disciple, instruct, counsel, warn them, Mm -hmm. redirect them. Like all of this is, is kind of flavoring what, what it is we do. Um, I do think it's, it's critical too, though, to, to highlight the command given here in Ephesians 6 is, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. And I think there's, there's something worth unpacking there in the sense of who bears the primary responsibility in the house for the discipline and the upbringing and the instruction of our children is fathers. Um, now, to say that is, to, is not to say that mothers have no role. Obviously, that's not true. Uh, one author has said that, no, in fact, moms are usually the ones... <laughs> meeting out most of the instruction because they're the ones who are home and dealing with unruly kids when dad's not home and so, so on and so forth. But one author says, whenever a loving mother goes and disciplines their children, the children should see behind her dad. <laughs> that, that whatever she does, she is not operating as some you know rogue other parent, but is behind her 
is the father who is, is the one who has kind of granted that authority throughout, but the primary responsibility should land on us, us fathers to, if, if, if your home is marked by lack of discipline of, of unruly kids, you can't look to outside of yourselves. Who's going to pick this mess up? You are, <laughs> you are. And so th- that should be a starting point of like, okay, fathers raise it. Our fathers, uh, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Okay, that 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 helps me and kind of girds me and like says, all right, Matt, you, there, there's no abdicating this. That's right. Um, this this needs to be thought through today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think another thing about discipline is that the aim is restoration. Yes. It's not here's a punishment, um, you know that you have to pay to atone for your sins. The aim is to restore a child who is out of fellowship with the family because of their sin, their disobedience, um, throwing a fit or whatever. The aim is restoration. So Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. That's what we're going through, going for in our discipline as parents, to restore a child back into fellowship with God and with the family. And the, the key qualifier in there is you who are spiritual mm-hmm. should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. So again... Not that we always hit this perfectly, but this is God's standard. Mm-hmm. We must be walking in the spirit and we must do it in gentleness, yeah. which you know, the rule of thumb is when you really feel like you want to let a kid have it, you're not qualified. You're not right. walking in the spirit. When you're walking in the spirit, you, you probably don't necessarily want to, mm-hmm. but you have to do it as a matter of faith and obedience to God and, and, and you do it in gentleness. Yeah. So that's... That's important. It, it's mm. also a clear ex- discipline. Is also a clear uh, expression of love. Um, Proverbs three twelve. The Lord disciplines those He loves in connection as a father the son He delights in. Um, and then the converse, obviously, that famous Proverbs thirteen twenty four. Whoever spares the rod hates his son, mm. but he who loves him is diligent to discipline. I think we were talking before that phrase or that word. He who loves him is diligent. Uh, I think that puts a finger on at least my experience of like, I often find myself frustrated that I have to go do this again. Right. <laughs> it's not so much that I, I, I don't want to, or it's more of like, I lose endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, I lose this, I, I become weary of, I gotta go. I just, we just went through this five minutes ago and here we are back in the process. And, uh, that, requires faith. It really does require faith right. that to not grow weary doing good towards my children, mm-hmm. that this is for their good. Um, it's an expression of our love. And that love should be the constant throughout all of discipline. Um, one, one instructor I had at the, at the pastor's college, he, he laid out probably a familiar structure of, um, imagine three arrows. One of them is straight across. And then the other two are, uh, one starts at the bottom going up and one starts at the top going down. And those represent love, always the constant in our home, the one that goes straight across. Um, Structure is the one that starts high and slowly diminishes as they grow older. So structure, like how you discipline them, the the whole structure of of discipline and, and child raising and so forth, that's super high at the beginning. And as they grow older, should diminish. As the, as they start to take on the other one, which is the third one, which starts low, wisdom, 
and slowly increases as they grow older. Starts at zero. Starts at zero. Folly is bound up in their hearts. That's exactly right. It starts at zero, and it's actually the what's what what the Bible is saying is that this like Proverbs twenty two six train up a child in the way he should go, implying he doesn't want to go that way. You you need to correct him and train him and warn him and disciple him to go that way, uh, and that there's hope. Yeah. There's hope that in discipline, in the the diligence of our discipline, of our loving discipline, which feels so wearisome and feels so uh, just you know frustrating, yet there is hope. The hope is that structure will go down over time, wisdom will go up over time, and love will be a constant that goes across the whole thing. And if you think the, a lot of parents take the opposite approach, mm. um, I think the philosophy, the wisdom of the world says kids know best mm. and just you know what let them do what they want to do. Uh, and, and then people get into the teenage years and think, oh man, this is out of control. Now what we happened? need to try to impose some boundaries, some structures, some curfews, some whatever. And by that time it, it's too late. Right. And if you start out with the assumption that little kids just know best and should be kind of free range, um, and, and then we'll just introduce structure later on, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, there's so many verses we could go to. Um, I think another one is is Hebrews 12, mm-hmm. 6. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. Again, this is I'm pulling almost directly from Proverbs chapter 3. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which you have all participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Man, think of that. Like hmm. the author of Hebrews is saying, if you haven't been disciplined, you're, whoever was your father, he's almost treated you as an illegitimate son, mm-hmm. that you are not his son. To be disciplined is to be a son. That's what it means. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seems best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that really is, what, what is the goal of discipline? What is the ultimate goal of discipline? Is not just that they would obey mm. me or obey the house or be good citizens or be kind people, but that they would obey and love God. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's I've, another author I've read. He, he was really helpful in, in changing. Our aim for our children is not that they obey the law, is that they love the law. Mm-hmm. They come to a point where they realize this is not only expected, expected yeah. but it's for my good. Right. My, the best way I could live is in obedience to the law of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's when things change. That's when wisdom takes over and structure diminishes at that cross point where our children start to see, oh, okay, this is for my good, mm-hmm. uh, rather than just, well, it's what they said. And also informs how we lay out the laws in our house. Um, I know my temptation, and I don't know about you guys, but my temptation is to become like a machine gun of rules in my house. Like when things are out of control, I just start just belting off 
just firing off. Don't do this. Don't do this. Stop doing this. I just keep laying out in front of them roadblocks for them to keep tripping over. And then I get frustrated. Laws to transgress. Right. I get frustrated when they keep breaking my laws and don't they respect me and so blah, 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 blah. It, it's just one way that we as dads and fathers can, can govern our homes is not by our own temperaments, not by our own however we're feeling that day, but to set uh, fewer principles, laws that are, must always be obeyed and that can be applied to every situation because that is how God laid out his law mm-hmm. as we've been going through the book of Exodus. Mm-hmm. That will help the children know what's expected. They know the law. It's, it's simple enough that even they can follow it. And uh, it's not, they can tell that it goes beyond dad's authority. It, it rests beyond him because it applies to him too. Right. Um, and that's what we're after. We want our children not just to obey the rules of our home, but to obey God and to love God through their obedience. Yeah. That yeah, we good. want our children's hearts because God wants our children's hearts. Yes. Uh, like Ryan, you said in a sermon recently in Exodus that God is laying these commands, some seeming very obscure. And, and, and the point is not just so that they would do these things just for the sake of doing them, but for the sake that they would trust God. And, and I think that's one thing that especially with for parents with young kids, that's what you're doing from, from a very young age is that you have these low bars so that they can actually get, you know, obey these (laughs) commands, not for the sake of just, you know, okay, we don't run all over the furniture. You know, we don't jump off the furniture, stuff like that in our house just because we should, but because ultimately we, we want our children to trust us. We Mm -hmm. want them to, to, we want their hearts because that's what God commands of us. And that's because what God desires as well. So I think having that pathway is helpful for, for parents. Um, you know, it'd be much more simple if we could just even speak from this podcast to our kids. You know, hey, Ruby, <laughs> Will, you listening? Make sure <laughs> you got this all down so that when I get home, things go swimmingly. But yeah, um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's ultimately, I think, and I think that's part of the, the, the joy of parenting that you get to see along the way as well. It's not just that our, our kids are in fear of, the discipline, the punish, not the punishment, but just like the, the consequences that are coming mm-hmm. so that they obey, but because they, they, they love you, they trust yeah. you they want to, they want to please you just as we want to please our heavenly father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's, a lot more we could say there, but let, let's move now to maybe some practicals. Cause I think the question was asking a very practical question, yeah. <laughs> right? Cause the question is, Love an episode on spanking children is a very particular thing. Uh, It's a practical thing. Does the Bible mandate it? Is the rod figurative or literal in the Proverbs sense? So maybe we should move to that. Uh, What are some good practices? Does that involve spanking? Does that involve what what is the rod referenced in in Proverbs 13? Uh, What isn't it? What is it not? I think that's really important. Um, So maybe we'll move there. What what are we talking about when we talk about that? Hmm. Proverbs is full of wisdom on mm. child rearing. In fact, the whole book is addressed. You start on the beginning chapters. It is an appeal from a father to his son. And you have these repeated appeals. Listen to my teaching and pay attention to your mother's instruction. And so it's from a father and mother to a son. Mm. And along the way, there there are a lot of passages in Proverbs that deal with disciplining children and the rod is something Proverbs also speaks about a lot. Uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty four: Whoever spares the rod hates his son, yeah. but it's he intense. who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Which kind of flies in the face of how our modern culture thinks about things. That 
corporal punishment, spanking is unkind, unloving, abusive even. Um, and Proverbs says actually, if you, if you don't discipline your son, then you don't love him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do love your son, your daughter, then you will be diligent, not lazy, but diligent to discipline them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that question is just picking up on a common approach to these passages in Proverbs where among Christians, um, one way people kind of have dealt with these, or I would say get around them is to say, well, when it speaks of the rod, that that's just figurative language for <coughs> discipline. Right. And then if you broaden that out to just discipline in general, then now we can come in and fill in what we think discipline should look like, how right. that should be done. Um, I, I think when you read these passages, it's clear that it, they're talking about actually the rod, a, a, a physical um, a spanking that causes, there is momentary pain, pain yeah. not physical harm mm-hmm. or damage. That, that's, Critical that's, that's important. Uh, Proverbs 23, 13 says, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. Mm-hmm. It's not possible to read that figuratively. <laughs> it's talking about, you know, th- here's an encouragement. If you strike him with a rod, that's not going to kill him. If you're causing physical damage, there, there is a category for physical abuse. It is possible and it's evil. It's wrong to physically abuse children. This is not talking about child abuse. Um, Proverbs 23, 14, again, if you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. Um, so it, it, it is, I think it's clear that the rod is literal, that it's talking <laughs> about some kind of corporal punishment. Yeah. In Proverbs twenty nine fifteen, it's it's equated to giving wisdom as well. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but mm-hmm. a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. And then later on, it says, "Discipline your son, and he will give you rest." Um, a lot of our our discipline right now, for like just speaking personally, is for the sake of that wisdom. You know, like you touch the stove, you're going to get burned, type of thing. Um, I can't. Man, so many times when there is discipline happening, it, it's it's for the sake of just the physical well-being of my children. Like you keep you do this, you will kill your brother. <laughs> you, you you do this, you are going to bring harm to yourself. So there's there is in the sense when that discipline happens, you are teaching your your children just the ways in which there's just wisdom that is gleaned from it. You know, like you walk out on the road, you're going to get hit by a car, type of thing. Mm. That's that's one of the aims of 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 why. Um, that w- we would we would implement this as well is that it's it's this way in which we're teaching our instructing our children mm-hmm. in in the right ways to live just yeah. to be. Some other ways that that phrase the rod uh, also will inform us in the practicals is that um, it's different than one one way to avoid the the the, the, the physical harm is it separates it into a, into an object. It's not you're not using your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but rather a, so like for instance, a, a spoon or a wooden spoon, something that, uh, an instrument that you can meet out the just, or meet out the, the discipline with, um, and yet isn't your physical hand. So your children don't associate your hands with harm, but rather they recognize that that, when, when dad goes to get that spoon, that that's, I've done something, <laughs> you know, that something's coming. Um, and so that's helpful too, of like just the practicals of it. Um, Ryan, you, you were mentioning before we turn on the mics that when you did your, this class on parenting uh, a couple years ago is th- there's a, what's helped me is, is forming, 
you know, what you call a, a liturgy, kind of a, a process I walk through in my own heart as, let's say my son clearly disobeys something. He does something um, hard to believe, but he does something crazy. And now I'm, I'm off to go do discipline. Having a, a kind of a very simple yet consistent, what you call a liturgy of discipline, uh, it, for me, it's helped me keep my heart in check. It's helped me calm down. It's helped me breathe and pray and be patient as I go out because I know I'm constantly fighting my own frustrations and angers. And why did you do that? Why, why again? Why this? So on and so forth. So maybe walk us through a little bit of of that, and and we can we can comment. Yeah. I think the very first part of that process is to consciously be walking in the spirit. Galatians 6, 1, you who are spiritual, restore somebody caught in sin in a spirit of gentleness. And it doesn't have to, you know, be a 30 minute personal devotion, quiet time. <laughs> Probably has to be fairly brief, but to consciously pause and pray and ask God for his help. Check your own soul against fleshly responses of impatience and anger, because when a child is misbehaving, they you know, hurt a sibling or they're disobeying you. And, you know, our temptation there to respond in sin is great. And so we have to be on guard against that by confessing our own mm-hmm. impatience and sinfulness to the Lord and, and consciously walking in the spirit. That That's foundational. Uh, I, then I think taking your child to a private place is important um, for their Dignity. Yeah. Um, this is not just out in the middle of the living room in front of everybody else in the family, but speaking to them in private, addressing them like that. Kind of like Matthew 18 talks about if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. So that's important. Um, I, I think it's always important because it's not just, Caleb, like you were mentioning, there are Proverbs that talk about the rod synonymous with. Um, the rod of reproof and of discipline and correction. So it's not just the rod period. Really what we're after is that instruction, discipline, correction. And so there has to be verbal teaching that's part of the process where you're explaining the reason for discipline. And I think the standard to hold ourselves to is use scripture, use God's word. So it's not just, Matt, like you were saying before, telling a child, well, you upset me, you hurt my feelings, you violated my rules. No, we want to bring God's word in. God says this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, usually a child's sin is going to fall into one of those commandments in the Ten Commandments. They stole a toy from from a sibling, Eighth Commandment. They talked back to their mother. They violated the Fifth Commandment to honor father and mother. Um, They struck a sibling. (laughs) You shall not murder. Um, In 1 John, it says... We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. <laughs> I've often quoted that passage to my my children. Um, my so Henry's super into right now, saying, declaring, "That's not fair. That's not fair. I need that. I I want that." Tenth commandment: You shall not covet. Yes, <laughs> just mm-hmm. everywhere. Yes, and so it, it really means growing in your familiarity with yeah. scripture, so and you application can bring that of it. in and, yeah. and apply it fittingly and appropriately. So then it's instructive. You're telling a child. God says this, this is what God commands you, God requires of you, and this is what you did, um, then I, I require confession. I, and I just, because I want to model for my children, here's how you confess your sin. Because again, the aim is restoration, reconciliation. Yeah. It's yeah. a rescue mission. So I'm not just, you know, here, here's a punishment for mm-hmm. you. No, I, I want to show you, um, God promises, and I quote to my children, Proverbs, I believe it's 28, 13, 
Um, he who conceals his sin will not prosper, but the one who confesses and forsakes it will find mercy. Mm-hmm. So there is an assurance. If you confess your sin, First John 1, 9, it's God faithful. forgives you yeah. your sin. Mm-hmm. And so I just modeled that for them. We use language like we teach our kids to say, I was wrong to disobey. I was wrong to hit my brother. I was wrong to, rather than sorry, because sorry is actually more right. of a statement about how I feel about it. I'm right. sorry that I did this. Um, they may or may not feel sorry about it, but I want them to learn how to say the words, I was wrong. I, I did this and I was wrong. So they're owning it and, and confessing it. Another way you can do that is just by asking a question. Did you hit your brother? Yes. Okay. So you have an admission of guilt. I just think that admission of guilt, confession of sin is an important part in the process prior to any discipline. To add to that though, I I will say, and brothers bear bear through this because how often do I ask one of my sons or ask a child, did you do this? And they say, no, (laughs) just be prepared. You're right back in it. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> there's another yeah. sin that must be disciplined. It, it really yeah. is. It really can feel so overwhelming when you're in that moment of of you've got or just a rebellious child looking at you, blatantly saying, "No, I didn't do that." Yeah. When you when the whole you, you're there for that very thing, and yes, uh, just again that moment of so you know, for instance, for us, it's in the office. I always. It's the same place every time when, when it's time to be disciplined. I, I bring them there, and at, literally as I'm going, I am praying, Lord, guard my heart, you know, confessing anger, any frustration I have, you know, keep me or lead me not into temptation. There, there's lots happening here. And then when you address it, even in the midst of it, just be that word diligence, just being diligent mm-hmm. to, I am, I am not going to let you win this battle because I love you that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that is, that is. I mean, it's one thing to have a liturgy, if you will, for that, but just I'm sure many parents are mindful of the, the just because of the calling that we have on ourselves. Like again, Matt, you were saying at the beginning, for fathers especially, this this really this gift of blessing that we've been given for for fathers listening to this, for potential fathers, you have a priority to love your wife and to disciple your kids first and foremost. That's what honors God, and and the tendency, especially in the midst of you know, <clears throat> this, what Ryan just described is never that isn't, is never convenient. Like, Oh, hmm. <clears throat> it happens when you're ready for it. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> no, it's Here actually, we go. I'm, it's ready. Actually, I'm ready to dis- discipline. No, yeah. it's actually oftentimes when it's most inconvenient. Right. And you're that, walking in, you're walking into Costco and you're like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I got to turn around. <laughs> oh yeah. It never yeah. happens at convenient and there's times. A, you know, there's a tendency for us to, in those moments, let, authority slide like Mm. like we'll think you know all right they know we're gonna address it with our mouths only Mm -hmm. and then we'll just slide or or you're on your way out of the house you're like uh we don't have time for this or you know something you know oftentimes it's when i'm in the middle of some type of work because i work from home and then you know you you have to deal with something you have to step up but but beware of that because like you said, that diligence, that teaching your kids those habits, those expectations even of knowing like obedience in this home is required immediately, completely, and cheerfully. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's what we aim for with our kids and they need to know that. And if we take breaks from that or yeah. we only do it when it's convenient, mm. we will not be doing them any favors. Uh, I've heard one person say, don't change the pitch count. Like don't, don't switch it up. Yeah. Like all of a sudden like, wait, well, I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was a full count. Um, no, the snap cadence. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> yeah. The, so the, yeah, I don't understand. I think highlighting back what Ryan was saying, there is so much. There are the practicals in which we should be walking in, but 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 it starts with my my heart. Yeah, do totally. I want to please God? Do I want to do this? Because even in the application of something like using the rod, spanking, for example, nothing is more. I mean, we would all agree nothing is more unpleasant to us than than giving pain to those that we love and yeah. there is a giving administering of pain to the point of tears and crying and weeping you know holding your child who's crying in that moment but you know because our hearts are what they are <laughs> um it's 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 vain for us to think that that children can never be taught any other way mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so again although teaching our even teaching our children in those moments I, I, I'm, I'm very, I, I do this every time. When I discipline my daughter, it's always followed immediately with, I love you. Mm-hmm. I love, just, I love you so much. Mm-hmm. I'm making sure that she hears that every single time, not, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and she even knows, she calls me, she called me out actually just recently for when I do have that spirit of anger. It's oftentimes, when it's like, hey, get off your brother <laughs> type of thing. Mm-hmm. She'll look at me and say, dad, don't talk to me like that. And, and it's not in a, ta- <laughs> she said that to me and it wasn't in like in a talking back way. It was more of like a rebuking type way. Like, dad, you spoke to me in anger and out, mm-hmm. you were out of control right there. And I was like, I was out of control mm-hmm. right there. How? I mean, so, so um, there's so much, there's so much to be said there, but the battle is in our hearts mm-hmm. first before we, before we go to our yeah, children. Totally. Continue on, Ryan. Yeah, I think um, addressing their heart is an important part of that as well, where it's not just, you know, swift correction but or behavior modification. Yes. But drawing out their heart in, in that time of instruction, asking probing questions. What were you thinking? What were you feeling? What were you wanting? What were you trying to accomplish? That helps them reflect a little bit more. Okay, so you, you hit your brother. Um, what were you feeling when you did that? And, and you might have to try to help draw that out. Were you angry? Were you frustrated? Well, I didn't like that he was in my space. Um, and, and then helping them see, okay, so when you handled that problem your way, did that make things better? How did that go for you? How's he doing? How are you doing? <laughs> did that please God? What, what does God say you could do in a moment like this? And so passages like James 4, being familiar with that, you, you will just see that answers every time your children are in conflict with one another. When James says, what causes fights and quarrels among us? We want things. What do you hear kids yelling if they're fighting? I want it. I want it. I want it. (laughs) So drawing out questions to get to the heart, to give instruction, then you're explaining your purpose and your your motivation. This is because I love you. I want to rescue you. I want to teach you God's way. Um, I think next step in that liturgy is telling a child, here's how many spankings you're going to receive. That expresses self-control. It's not just, you know, until I feel like it's over or no, it should be measured and careful. And that gives hope to a child as well. Mm-hmm. All right. There are going to be two spankings for this. There's an end in sight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then you administer correction um, and you spank. And then like Caleb, like you were saying, then you restore fellowship and the aim there is, you know, if a spanking, it causes pain. They should turn to you for comfort from that pain. You can hold them while they cry and assure them, I love you. 
you're my son, you're my daughter, um, you're forgiven. That's mm. an important, mm-hmm. those are important words for them to hear. God forgives your sin. We forgive you. We welcome you back into fellowship. Let's go put things right. If there's a, an apology that needs to happen between yes. that child and a parent or that child and a sibling, walk them through that process. And then I always pray with, with my child. And I, you know, as they get older, then I, I want to teach them to pray as well. So I have them repeat after me. How are they going to learn to pray? I have to model it for them. Mm-hmm. So I'll just give, let them repeat after me. Dear God, please forgive me for hitting my brother. Thank you for Jesus who died for my sins. Change my heart. Fill me with your spirit. Just giving them that language, yeah. um, leading them in that way. And, and I think it's important to know that this is not like a, you know, you do this once or twice and then a kid learns. No, this, it, it requires diligence, yes. faithfulness over years, those early years. Um, but, th- but that is kind of a, a general progression or, or liturgy, so to speak. And one other thing that, you know, as you commented on, like, go make apologies or whatever that you have to, to go and make make it right out with whoever you sinned against. One thing that we do in our home is we require, you know, like just like in those moments when you can, when the child confesses to you and to God, um, so to others, we don't say, I'm sorry, or, and, and also training the home to respond when, when a child comes and says, I was wrong, will you forgive me? To not say, to respond, not with, oh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't get to the, to the, to the root of it. No, we always respond with, I forgive you. And for, and because we love forgiveness, because right. we are forgiven people. Mm-hmm. And it just highlights that because of Christ, there can be, we do have a ministry of reconciliation. We can actually be in fellowship with one another and we can, um, we can forgive one another because Christ forgave us. And then Ryan, then to hear that whole process laid out, it's just like, yeah, that's not very convenient. <laughs> it's never convenient. It's never convenient. And it seems like, oh my gosh, that's so much. And, uh, but do not neglect the fruit that can come from this. Um, the, our hope needs, our, our vision needs to be beyond them right this moment. Um, th- these are future men and women. These are future eternal souls. Et- they are eternal souls that are growing and, are, are learning and, um, and just to have the love and care for our children enough to, to, to not grow weary doing mm-hmm. good to them by disciplining them. Proverbs nineteen eighteen: discipline your son for there is hope. That's right. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. No, the best thing we can Don't do for frustrated. our child, the most loving thing we can do for them is to, is to discipline them and to raise them into the, the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Um, back to Ephesians 6. So a lot more could be said, and I'm sure there's other questions that this raises. So please feel free to ask those questions. And, um, and again, want to, as we lay out this whole process of like, in, you know, we do different things at different times and, um, oh man, I just want to reiterate, I fail at this and I need Christ. I need his help. And so I feel, I leave, I leave this podcast convicted, ready to but don't let that conviction, if you feel what I feel, not just like bury you in guilt that says, oh, we've, we screwed up. There's no way to, there's no coming back. No, today is a, is a good day to start, is a good day to continue, a good day to restart um, disciplining and loving our children and bringing that which is out of order back into order, not by our own means, but by the grace of, of the gospel of Jesus Amen. Christ. So may that be so in our homes, in our families, in our GCs, in our, our, our church, and just in our lives. So... Till next time.
Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles or missional communities or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.